everyone, and welcome to another episode of Think ID. My name is Pablo Lapatina. And I'm Williams Monier. And on today's episode, we're going to be continuing the conversation of gram-negative uh, bacilli bacteria, but we're going to be talking about the anaerobic bacteria, because on our last episode, we talked about the aerobic, and this week, we're going to finish up the gram-negative bacilli with anaerobics, and then we're also going to briefly introduce the gram-negative cocci. Okay, so the first one we have are the anaerobes, and the first one is Bacterioides fragilis. This organism is the dominant in the abdomen and normal flora. It's one of the tough bugs and sets the standard for anaerobic activity amongst all anaerobes. It's an opportunistic infection, and for this reason, it is common to prophylax prior to dirty surgeries such as those involving the GI, hysterectomies, colorectal surgeries, and appendicitis. So the next one is Bacterioides melaninogenicus. The name comes from the black pigment that it produces when it's grown on blood agars, so like in the lab. And then it lives in the mouth, vagina, and intestines, and is typically involved in periodontal disease or necrotizing anaerobic uh, pneumonias mm -hmm. that are caused by aspiration of a lot of sputum from the mouth. So this could be during a seizure or it could be during a drunken state. So, but unlike B-frag, it's not as tough of a bug and it's fairly easy to treat. The next one is Fusobacterium. This organism is very similar to B. melanogenicus in that it can cause periodontal disease and aspirating pneumonia, but can also cause abdominal and pelvic abscesses as well as otitis media. Next we have Yersinia pestis. This was responsible for the bubonic plague, which we all know swept through Asia, Europe, and Africa throughout the 14th century. Next is Pastorella multocida, which is the common infection of animal bites, specifically cats and even sometimes dogs. So then we also have Campylobacter jejunum. This organism is known for causing traveler's diarrhea. It is self-limiting and generally doesn't require treatment. And then we have Brucella. This organism can cause butcher's disease due to infected meat and dairy products. So that was it for the anaerobic gram-negative bacilli, and now we have one aerobic gram-negative bacilli. So this one is called Streptomonophis maltophilia, also known as esmaltophilia. Um, this organism is found in humid surfaces, for example, catheters, endoscopes, or mechanical ventilations. And like B. frag, it's another one of those like tough bugs. So it can cause latent respiratory infections in the immunocompromised, and these infections are generally facilitated by prosthetic devices or mat uh, materials, and hence the best treatment option would be to remove these prosthetic devices. However, if removal of the prosthetic is impossible, it's very hard to treat because it produces two metallo-beta-lactamases and therefore is resistant to many of the broad-spectrum antibiotics. Metallo-beta-lactamases is a part of a larger group of beta-lactamase enzyme that allows the bacteria to have resistance. In future episodes, we'll go deeper into these resistant enzymes. But for now, we're going to move on to the gram-negative cocci. The first one is Neisseria gonorrhea. As you can tell from its name, this is the organism that causes gonorrhea, a sexually transmitted infection affecting male and female genitalia. And then we have Neisseria meningitis. This name also hints of the infection because it causes meningitis an infection involving inflammation of the brain and spinal cord membranes, known as the meninges. And last but not least, we have Mortadella catarhalis, also known as MCAT. 
This organism is important to remember because it is the third cause of respiratory infections. In our previous episode, we did discuss the other two causes. Do you remember what they were, Williams? Yeah, the first one is streptococcus pneumonia. Okay, perfect. And what's number two? H-flu. You got it. That's it for today's episode on the remaining gram-negative bacteria. Next week, we'll be discussing atypical bacteria. But stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. So for this week's infectious news, we have something pretty interesting. The FDA approves a phase three trial to evaluate an oral carbapenem for the treatment of a complicated UTI here in the United States. So this new antibiotic is called tebipenem, and it's actually been around in Japan since 2009 for pediatric infections. And it's showing to have very potent antibiotic activity against gram-negative bacteria, including the E. coli-producing extended-spectrum beta-lactamases, also known as the ESBLs. So this would have similar, similar um, antibiotic coverage to that of the IV-administered ertapenem. That's pretty awesome considering that we just learned that carbapenems are drug of choice for ESBL-producing organisms, so it's awesome that we have an oral choice now. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Think ID. Until next time, bug you next week. week.